I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I am your host, Matt Rossi. With me this week are my amazing two co-hosts, uh, Liz Harper and Joe Perez. And we're going to be talking about various things today. Uh, most of them Diablo, although there are some other things to talk about. Um, how are you all doing? Uh, how was your weekend? How have you been feeling? I exist in a constant state of flux and time is a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, time is a really weird thing. It's apparently the last day of February, and I do not know how that happened. I feel like the month just started. Yeah. yeah it, it, like yesterday. Yesterday it was January. Tomorrow it will be March. Yeah, it's, it does does have that flavor to it. February doesn't help in that it is the shortest month of the year. And it's the shortest month of the year because... By three days! Uh, Only yeah, three yeah. days! <laughs> well, the thing is, is that it used to, it used to not be... It used to be a 30-day month. And then... Uh, in in quick succession, uh, Emperor Augustus, the first uh, actual emperor of the of the Roman Empire, basically decided, well, Julius Caesar, we're going to give him a month, and that month is going to be July. But I don't want his month to be longer than the month I'm giving myself, which is August. The Augustus, the, the next one. Oh boy! Uh, so he put them <laughs> in, but it, weirdly enough, in order to get them to fit, they they in and, and to exist in a 12 month year, you didn't have to mess around too much, but you did have to make sure that you had enough days. And as a result, they basically just yanked them out of February because nobody cares. It's winter month. Uh, even in Italy where things aren't that bad in, in the winter time, it's still not a great time. Uh, nobody liked it. So eh, just lop two days off, get straight into March. Mar- <laughs> March is better anyway. So yeah, that's, mm. that's why, because Julius Caesar got a, a month with like 30 days. Uh, with 31 days and so august also had to have 31 days because there's no way he was putting up with that so yeah that that's one of the things that always amazes me about our calendar is that it, it would be so easy to just have i think like like 12 or 13 months of a certain length and then just have like an, a five-day I, period at the end but they don't want to do that so i find it fascinating how much like real world content and like non like video game stuff we get into on these podcasts we are an education podcast <laughs> at this point well, I mean, mm. it does actually affect we have our moment. Too. It does. You know, the thing about <laughs> gaming is that gaming is incredibly time sensitive nowadays. It is, really is. Yeah, there's always a release. Uh, one of the things I was actually thinking about the other day was I remember when, when Elden Ring came out last year? Yes, actually, because yeah. I still play that game. Yeah. But when Elden Ring came out, it came out at the tail end of a month of game releases. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, when am I going to get to play all these different games? There's no way I can I can actually finish Horizon Forbidden West, play Elden Ring, play, you know, it just there was too much and there was just no way I could do it. Uh when when Dragonflight launched, that was it for me for like 2 months. I didn't play anything else for 2 months. Uh and it was really like people were like, "What are you playing?" and I'm like, oh, "I'm still playing Dragonflight." Occasionally I I fl- I play Cyberpunk. Like, I'm sorry guys, I don't have the 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 time or the bandwidth. As these releases come thicker and faster, 
and I think 2022 and 2023 have been really, they've been the years of games that were going to come out earlier, but got shoved back due to oh, yeah. the great unpleasantness. So yeah, we've, we've, we see more and more of that kind of stuff. Diablo four coming out in like three months. Cause tomorrow is, is March is, is still messing with my internal chronometer. My, 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 inter- <laughs> my brain is like, there's no way that's true. Come on. The game can't be coming out in three months. It's still two. It's still three years away. Like no, because it has been three years. Brain, it's not twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty three. And brain does not like this idea at all. Brain is like no, 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 no. Next, you're going to say we don't get this. We don't go outside enough and see the sun. That's madness. <laughs> so yeah. Um. I, I let's just go straight into something here. The trading post is resetting tomorrow. Um, we have an article on the site about it, but it, the stuff that we've got is data mined. Uh, we don't actually know how much of this stuff will come out in March. Uh, some of it might be for another month. We don't know. Uh, or it might be, we might get more stuff that we haven't found out about yet. There's there's a lot of stuff with going on with the trading post. <clears throat> how? Go ahead, Liz. I, I was actually going to ask you. It's interesting because, because I think there's a lot of hype about the trading post, but Blizzard is not announcing in advance what is going on the trading post. And there has been a ton of data mining. Uh, like Matt said, we did this post about what's in the trading post in March. And it has a ton of stuff that may or may not come out in March. We're going to update it tomorrow. So it's going to be, it's going to have the actual list. But there is so much more stuff than the stuff that is on this list. It is ridiculous. And uh, yeah, it's. I'm just surprised that Blizzard has not given us anything in advance. We're just all going to, when the trading post comes out the new month, on March 1st, it's going to be like, surprise, have some transmog. We don't know what, but uh, we'll find out pretty soon. Yeah, like somebody m- mentioned to me in one of the queues, uh, someone commented, I remember this, and it was really surprising to me. There's stuff that came out when the trading post came out. This, you know, There's stuff that is actually old stuff from original yeah. Wrath of the Lich King that yep. was never put into the game. <laughs> Yep. Like I bought the sword, not even realizing that it was a sword that came from that period. Like, and, and I've been going for years, release that stuff, wizard, blizzards. And they didn't even say they'd done it. They didn't tell anybody. It just, it's there. The, uh, the Ragnaros flail was another one. If I remember correctly, it's not from wrath. I no, not from wrath, but it's, but it's an old, it's an old, it's an old thing that was shown in concepts, but never put in the game. Yeah. But these were like, Literally things that they had models for that people had data mined for years. They, these things have been known, but not in the game. And now they're just putting them in the game. And I'm, I'm like, I am torn about this because on the one hand, uh, I am an absolute fiend for transmog. And so anything that gets more transmog appearances into the game is good. On the other hand, give me more of it now. <laughs> Don't want to wait for March or April or, and that's the other thing is like, this is a year long thing. They're going to, I mean, this is forever. Like every, every, until they decide we don't want to do trading post anymore. This will be coming out every month with new stuff. Like how much stuff do they have to put out in the trading post? You know what I'm getting, where I'm going with this? If you, if you look at the data mining though, they have a lot. There's a yeah. lot. That is actually what surprises me the most is that there does appear to be quite a lot of stuff for this. Um, so looking at this stuff that we might be getting, I like the green scorpion mount, quite frankly. Uh, it's just a, it's a recaller of a mount that already exists, but I am, I am so down for recallers of things that already exist. I recallers don't know. Are fine. I love recallers of things that already exist. Um, there's a, there's a mount that drops, uh, I think from achievement you get, you can get a, a like a, a mount that's the same as the mount that drops off of a list resort, mm-hmm. but it's purple hmm. and it's from achievements instead of being like red. And I mean the flying mount, not the land mount. I don't know if there's a, the land mount, I don't think there's another recaller from Firelands, but I do think they put out a, a green version of it in um, Warlords of Draenor. Uh, the big green bird squawky thing. Uh, I, I'm always just down for these. I'm down for recallers of, of items. I'm down for recallers of mounts. Uh, so what about you guys? Is there anything that you're looking at here and seeing, oh yeah, I definitely want that, versus anything you're like, ah, I can, I can probably pass on that. I mean, I'm I'm waiting to see what's actually what what do we have before I get excited about this thing I really need to get this month. I'm just gonna I'm waiting to see what's actually there and then I'm gonna get excited about what I'm gonna get this month. Uh I'm yeah. super, super, super looking forward to stuff like more mounts. Like you're talking about like the magenta cloud server is one of the things that they data mined, right? That could show mm-hmm. up. I want that. 
I want that. <laughs> like I, that, that's a, I love, I love stuff like that. I think those are fun. I think they're, they're uh, just, they're just good. I like mounts. I like recolors. For me, the one thing that I'm really, really excited about is that they've putting in like chain mail bikinis that are gender neutral. Yes. <laughs> they are, it's a chain mail bikini. And if you yeah. get it on your male character, it's a chain mail bikini on them. It doesn't, doesn't have like a male version. That's a complete chain top. And then, the female one is like, you know, like a couple of like chain pasties. It's the same for both. <laughs> and when, one thing I like about recent cosmetic sets, the, this kind of going off topic from the trading post is that you see some sets that have like the skimpy look, but you can choose like it has options. Like I believe the, uh, what was the recent one? The flame thing, the one for sale. Oh yeah. Like, okay. It, it has a look where it's like hot pants, you know, like pants that aren't pants. And then it has a look that's like, yeah, these are actually these are actually a pair of pants. And it's not like this is the model for women. This is the model for men. It's just like, OK, you can choose. As somebody yeah. who likes to run around transmogged into hot pants, I appreciate this option. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what I used to be really mad about the fact that the, the tier 10 warrior set, the, the Wrath of the Lich King Ice Crown Citadel set. Um, for women, it's, it's just a, it's a crop top. Basically it's like, here's my midriff stab it. And I didn't like that because it was just for women and men got a regular thing. And I had really high hopes that they'd fix it because in uh, Legion, female characters are appearing in that set, but they have a, the breastplate from that, that men get, they haven't actually done that in game, which, which bugs me, but I do like being able to say, okay, I feel like my character would like looking pretty today while she kills things. Or for that matter, when when uh, Battle for Azeroth came out, my character when they actually not in Battle for Azeroth, I think it was actually in Shadowlands when they added in the cosmetic facial scars, mm -hmm. which I added yeah. to my character immediately. Like boom, you have these. Uh, I I really thought I'd love to be able to like to to, to transmog and show off more scars. Like, I wish I had more scars to show around. Like, I think that would be great if there was like an option to have like scars on your body from the fire, because, you know, that was a, a huge traumatic event that changed my character. I'd love to be able to, to go further with it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I just think it's cool when they have these things, but they don't limit them to a gender. Uh, because just, just if, a, if, if your male character wants to wear, you know, the chain mail pasties, let them. And and if your female character wants to wear like a sensible breastplate so they don't get stabbed in the stomach, let them. Uh, I, I don't just more options are always good. So I, that's why I'm so excited. And I probably sound super excited about the trading post right now <laughs> because I have very little sleep going on, guys. I apologize if I'm going too fast. Uh, but yeah, we don't know what the trading post, what of this stuff that's been data mined. We don't know if it'll all be out tomorrow. We don't know if some of it will be for future trading posts. We, we assume that some of it probably will be. Yeah, I think almost certainly some of this will be for trading posts. And the other thing is, we've got this big long list of things that are maybe for March, and that's not even all of the data mining, because this is stuff that was data mined in 1005, mm -hmm. and there's more trading post stuff data mining data mined for 1007 that we aren't even getting into yet. Yeah, and it's almost certain that uh, 1007 will probably be out I would say by April, like I, f I feel like 10.7 yeah, is going to be out in April. Well, I, I 10. Hmm. Yeah. I think 10.07 has to be out this month. Yeah. If they're going to keep that, you know, patch every other month. Yeah. But I'm, so, I'm just being, I'm conservative when I make these predictions because okay. you know me, it's, it's always, I'm always going to be conservative about it. Cause I'm, I don't, for one thing, it's the safe thing to be conservative about as opposed to like the real life. Uh, but secondly, because I've been burned before, <laughs> you know, like I predicted yeah, things and they, but yeah, I, I do feel like March is more likely, but that means that this, the stuff from the 1005 data mining, it's more likely to come out now because it, it's currently in the game's files. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I don't think there's anything else to really talk about the trading post aside from the fact that again, tomorrow, make sure you log on tomorrow and get your, your free, you know, chunk of stuff. Um, the, because it'll make it easier for you. Though you will be able to do that all month. You've got a whole month to do it. You do not actually need to rush, even though I am going to rush because I want to know what's there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like log on and make a beeline for the trading post. Maybe log out there. No, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. 
Yeah, because that's what I was thinking about doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that I think uh, at least at least those of us who are really into transmog, uh, the trading post is such an it's such a gold mine for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. like, yes. Um, but okay, have we talked about that? Um, really, right now we can't talk about the ten point oh point seven PTR too much because a lot of the stuff that we found out about is spoiler heavy and was much more for lore watch, um, and also. Is Hmm? Go ahead. Is that what you discussed for Lorewatch this week? Because I noticed the Lorewatch headline was, uh, it had the word spoiler in it over and over. <laughs> yeah, it, we talked about stuff that we know is coming for the Forbidden Reach and stuff that we mm -hmm. know. Yeah, but we didn't Some actually- Some data mine really story get... stuff and speculation based yeah. upon it, yeah. Yeah, so a lot, of that be stuff, interesting. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is story stuff, so we can't really talk about that. We don't have a date for it yet. We have no idea when it's going to drop. Uh, it's been on the PTR for a month now. Keep that in mind. I I'm gonna I'm gonna say mid March to late March. I mean it's gonna be in the last couple of weeks of March. That's I feel it. I feel it in my bones. Joe, you I'm, have any anything to say on that one? Yeah, mid March is feeling good. I uh, like I said, I'm going for April just because I am conservative about this stuff. <laughs> they have burned me before, but March feels more likely based on what we've seen so far. A uh, ton of class mm -hmm. changes. We've already talked about them on previous shows, so I'm not going to drag that out. I will point out though yeah. that we we are not likely to see any more class changes at this point, in my opinion. Uh, if they are there, there will be fixes. They will not be like, hey, look at this entirely redesigned talent tree, because that's what they've been <laughs> doing. I don't think they're going to do that again. Uh, yeah, I think we've hit that point where we're getting like uh, refinements and fixes, but not uh, like retribution paladins have gotten a big redesign. And uh, we haven't seen any like, massive overhauls to them lately. Yeah. We're just seeing like little tweaks. Yeah, I, I think once we start seeing the build candidates, and I know I'll know when that's happening because Calchius literally will not be quiet about it. So I'd be like, okay, yes. thank you. <laughs> I literally <laughs> use him as my 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 bellwether for that. Like is Calchius saying anything about build candidates yet? Nope. Okay. <laughs> hey uh, it's good. No. It's useful. I, I don't have to know it. There's a lot of stuff. I can't possibly keep track of all this. But so when that ha starts happening, when we start seeing the build candidates or the release candidates, uh, I think we're going to basically know, okay, this is coming in a week, coming in a, in a, in a couple weeks. Um, I definitely don't think it's going to be this week. Like we just had a reset and clearly it's not going to be up until, you know, the earliest it could possibly be at this point, in my opinion, is like March 8th. And I don't think it will be. Uh, I think we're going to March 6th. Sorry. But I think it'll be later. I think you guys are right. But that, that aside, I think basically all the real news so far is Diablo stuff. Diablo 3 and Diablo 4. Uh, we talked about the fact that Diablo 3 Season 28 was going to launch uh, last week, and now it, it has since launched. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's a thing. It, it's happening. It's it's a big... It's that GIF. We all know the GIF. It's happening. <laughs> but it's also... Um, I don't know how to put it. Like, have you played any of it yet, Liz? Uh, I haven't. And I just, I'm, I may not. And it's nothing, it's nothing against the game. It's just, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. There's it a is. lot to do with a totally new talent tree that you have to like make all these sacrifices to unlock. And yeah, I, I just have so much to do right now. And so many other games competing for my attention. Not just the Plus, other games, but there's like, even I, I, I love Diablo three. I've loved it for years. I've played it mm. like, into the ground, but it's very hard for me, for me to get my brain into the Diablo three mindset. Like I went and played for a couple hours and it's like a whole time. I'm like, I have done this. I, I, yeah. I, I feel like there's only so much seasons can do to combat that. And it's really yeah. hard when you know that we are less than a month away from the first open tests of Diablo four. Less than a month. And, We're like two weeks. Yes, March seventeenth and March twenty fourth. It's very hard to to like put myself in a. But meanwhile, I'm going to keep playing Diablo yeah. three, and I, I don't know how witch doctor players do it. Like there are some diehard <laughs> witch doctor lovers, and man, you must like. I'm still surprised that the demon hunter didn't make it. Like I am amazed that we won't have a demon hunter or any sort of paladin like character. Well, at least not at first. Like oh we, no! I know that we know that stuff will be coming. I I know, but I'm just saying for release. You're gonna tell me the game released with five classes, and none of them are like the newer ones. 
like the crusader or the the demon hunter or the witch doctor but they, it, they isn't all, that kind of like a balancing thing because what classes were in uh immortal all of them i think weren't they except the witch doctor the witch doctor didn't make it to immortal hmm. i don't know why that is but it, but getting back to it I just knowing that Diablo four is coming is making it really hard for me to play Diablo three. And it's not Diablo three's fault. Uh, Diablo three didn't get bad or anything. All of a sudden, it's just that my brain is swirling with all the stuff for the new game. And as a result, the old game is having a real hard time keeping my brain focused on it. Which is funny because at the same point, like I I was like, I'm in that same boat, but then I'm like, but here's Diablo two and I can play that. Like yeah, it, it's it's a weird thing. It's like oh yeah, this old game, and then I go back to an even older game. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I've never been as big into Diablo two as other people. Like I accept that it is a, an amazing game that has earned its legacy a, like a hundred times over. But I I honestly liked playing Diablo three better. Uh, I just I liked that style of gameplay. Like I I wrote today one of the things that we know because there was a Diablo four dev video to link it was a live stream yeah. today uh mm-hmm. not a lot of t- new stuff we already knew about the beta and the and the uh the the early access and then the open beta we knew about both of those already we already had dates on them uh but today we found out that the early access is only going to have uh i think barbarians r- sorcerers and rogues was that it yes uh, so r- let me just take a little step back for people who have not actually been paying attention uh, Diablo 4 is going to have two beta test weekends in March. The first one is early access only for people who have pre-ordered the game, running from Friday, March 17th at 9 a.m. Pacific to Monday, March 20th at noon Pacific. And the next beta is the following weekend, starting on Friday, March 24th, 4th at 9 a.m. and ending on Monday, March 27th at noon, all times in Pacific. So... Yeah, We're, it's soon. It's so soon. And that's the the time that starts and stops is new information. We didn't know that. Yeah, it is. Uh, and the fact that they're doing, but the fact that they're doing them and and the dates that they're doing them, we did know those. Uh, they they'd already made that announcement. Uh, but the fact that there's uh, a class lock on the on the open access, the early access, but not on the I open kinda, beta. That's that's interesting. I, I'm kind of bummed about that because, you know, I was looking forward to checking out the the latest inter- incarnation of the Necromancer, and I won't be able to that first and, weekend. And I was I'm super looking forward to Druid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next, uh, gotta wait a week. Gotta wait another week. So it's not yeah. it's not like you're never going to be able to, but... No, but yeah, it's, it's, just, yeah, it's interesting. Just, it's, a, it's interesting the, the, the choice made on that. And I'm kind of curious why. I think might honestly be that they don't think they'll have those two ready for the 17th i mean you know it, it might be as simple as let's take an extra week and make sure that they're they're show ready which is perfectly fine right like i'm cool with that yeah, yeah maybe and who knows i mean i don't know they didn't tell me uh but <laughs> i do know that like I, I think that the class restriction thing is is pretty interesting um i i am i do get why that bums people out like i i don't know that i would pay extra to make sure i get the early access if I wasn't going to be able to play a class that I wanted to play. If that makes sense. If you're going to spend yeah. money to get, you know, we're going to pre-order this so you can do that. Then you're going to want to have to get up to play a class you want to play. Um, but of course I'm going to play barbarian because who am I kidding? <laughs> uh, so I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good, but I just don't have the money right now. So who knows what's going to happen here. Um, but in addition to that piece of information, which we, we hadn't really known uh, the, the the exact times and dates and the restriction on certain classes. Uh, there wasn't really a ton that was particularly new that from that dev mm-hmm. watercolor. Uh, one thing that was that that was new is that um, they've decided to bring the absolute best thing about Diablo three into Diablo four, and that's treasure goblins. <laughs> and it's always been treasure goblins. Treasure goblins are the best thing in Diablo, 3, and I will now explain why. Treasure goblins do three things. First off, and I wrote a post about this for the site today, uh, they change the way encounters work. Say you're in you're in Diablo 3, maybe you're playing with your wife because you, you're married to someone and you play with them. Uh, the two of you are just methodically killing demons in a place, and suddenly you hear that little noise, that little rah, 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 and you're like, treasure goblin! And you change. <laughs> you become the dog from up. Going, squirrel! Squirrel! Except it's treasure goblin. And you then abandon 
any strategy or tactics you were using to get through the, the demons you were fighting and you make a beeline for wherever that goblin is because you know if you don't find them quickly enough they will just open a portal and leave and it could have so something for you, me like a set item they, they could have a set item they could they have they definitely have treasure they will explode in a fountain of treasure and that was the way they were from the beginning so when the rest of the game was very unrewarding loot wise treasure goblins always gave you stuff and so they were like, oh my God, I must kill the treasure goblin. So it changes the way the encounter is because now you're in it, whatever tactics you were using. Nope. Now you're just chasing this treasure goblin. No matter how many packs of demons it runs through, you will keep just chasing it and, and focusing on it. And that changes the way the thing works. Secondly, like I said, even when the game's itemization and loot system was, was abominable, the treasure goblin was a ray of sunshine. Uh, thirdly, the treasure goblin comes in multiple flavors. So, yeah, you've got the standard treasure goblin that drops a lot of loot. Then there's the treasure goblin that drops pets. There's a treasure goblin that explodes into clouds of goop that then turn <laughs> into more treasure goblins made of goop. And you have to kill all of them in order to get the, the reward from them. There's the one that drops blood shards, who I guarantee you, if you are low on blood shards, when you see that treasure goblin, just start pounding on him like a pinata because he will just drop <laughs> blood shards everywhere. He will drop more blood shards than you can carry. He will drop so many blood shards that you will actually go back to town and, and buy stuff off Kamala just to get your blood shards back down, just so you can come back and pick up the rest of the blood shards. All of this is amazing. Uh, and the fact that the treasure goblin has basically been the kind of iconic symbol of theme seasons, because season 14, the first theme season in Diablo three was the multiple treasure goblins season called the season of greed and literally it was as simple as when the treasure goblin spawns there will now be two of them and you think that doesn't sound all that great they've done some amazing things trust me you haven't lived until you've chased multiple treasure goblins through a pack of demons it's just because you just you you will literally be like your dog when you know squirrel like you will be the dog from up saying squirrel except now there's two squirrels two so I am super excited about this. I am probably way more excited about this than any human being should be. And I should probably <laughs> walk away and, and go read a quiet book or look at outside at a nature plateau or whatever, but I'm not going to, I'm just <laughs> going to be super excited about treasure goblins because this is an awesome thing to have in Diablo four. Why go outside and touch grass when you can go inside and touch a treasure goblin with the pointy thing. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like I need to interject here with what was really the truly most exciting thing from the Diablo 4 live stream this afternoon, which is that if you play in the beta, you can get an adorable cosmetic wolf puppy who will sit in a little backpack on your back and like naps and occasionally like snuggles into its little blanket. And you can just, you can just carry your adorable wolf puppy everywhere. And uh, see, this is clearly the best thing. This about is a great the thing, game. But it also has a problem. Here's, okay. here's my problem with this news. Okay. I don't want to take my cute pet wolf yeah. any of the places I will end up going in Diablo. I do not I... want to have a cuddly companion with me when I step into Blogar's pit where everyone's entrails <laughs> are scattered all over the place. And my wolf okay. is like, ooh, entrails. Can I go play with you? Like, no, <laughs> no, you can't because the thing that made this is still somewhere in here. Because this is my biggest problem when when I used to play Torchlight a lot, and I mm -hmm. that game, but I would always feel bad about my companion being there. I'm like, I don't want them to get stabbed. When I would play Fallout Four and Dog Meat was my companion, I'd always immediately oh. find a safe place to put Dog Meat mm. because it went, the first time I did this, the first time I played it, uh, a super mutant with a nuclear bomb ran out and hit my dog and blew himself up. Now the dog didn't die, which. Uh, I'm, I'm quite frankly a little afraid of the fact that my dogs have become <laughs> immune to nuclear bombs, but still he got hurt. I don't like it when I think about the character, the cute snuggly thing getting hurt. It's why I can't play a hunter in wow, because mm. I hate it when my pet gets hurt and my pet gets hurt. That's what, that's what happens to it. You know? So I am torn on this. I, I will, I am, I will hell or high water. I'm getting this. I want this. This is absolutely, as you said, it is probably the best thing announced this week. But I'm also a little like, oh, is my wolf going to get hurt? I hope my wolf can't get hurt. That's all I'm, all I'm saying. Is yeah, no, I mean, no hurt my wolf. 
it's like purely a cosmetic item by by how I understand it. Like it doesn't jump out of its little like pouch on your back. It's like a wolf backpack that you're wearing around and you're like, you have to kill these demons to keep your adorable wolf puppy safe. And I've, seen movie, I've seen movies you know, about that before. Yeah, if it's a little wolf yeah, pub, but yeah. with an actual wolf yep. pub. <laughs> Which, quite I frankly... Mean, Matt and I were going the exact same place. <laughs> I mean, occasionally, maybe it'll lift up its head and, like, yawn and then go back to napping. And you can kill some more demons to keep your adorable puppy safe. I, I mean, I think it's possible that I do not always play games for the same reason that everyone else does. But I am, I'm very excited to get this wolf puppy. You have to get to level 20 in the beta, either early access or the open beta weekend after it. And you know, uh, you've made me want to get early access again. I was pretty safe thinking, I don't think I need to get it. <laughs> now I'm like, dang it. I need more time to make sure I get you, my wolf puppy. You, you can get it in the open beta weekend. If that's what you want. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. You can do it. Also, you can do it while playing a druid. Yeah. I mean, that is the thing. I do want to test druids out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Although, I mean, druids are going to be like my I know full well I'm going to have like six barbarians and like my two my druid who's going to be like hey everybody I turn into a bear I don't know that's going to be about. where everyone will be able to find me <laughs> I honestly I, I really I am really glad that the druid made it into Diablo 4 uh, I feel like it was a class that I would have liked to have seen in Diablo 3 uh, it is such a cool idea the kit of the of the druid from Diablo is really cool uh, mm-hmm. All the various half human shapes, the beast, the bestial shapes, the werewolf shapes. It is, it is a really cool class. I'm a little sad that we won't get to see it in the uh, on the open on the early access. But police, I mean, like Liz said, we just got to wait a week. Yeah, it's yeah. and that's the thing that's really kind of hitting home with these videos they keep putting out. That dude, this game is seriously going to be out in three months. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's at June, guys. It's out in June. Something something it's time just, something something. Yeah, we got to get through March and April and May. Uh, May is going to be a weird month for me because I'm going to be constantly wandering around in a fugue thinking, is it Diablo time yet? No, it's not <laughs> Diablo time yet. And we don't know. I, do we, we? It's June 6th? Yes. Is that, yes. So June yeah. 6th, so the first week of June. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to like find a way to keep my brain functioning whilst I'm continuously playing Diablo 4. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work or if I'm going to have to like hire people to pretend to be me or like what I'm going to do with my life. I mean, it's but. literally just going to turn into Blizzard Watch with sounds of Diablo 4 in the background. Like, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, we do stream stuff like uh, for this podcast right now. We're streaming me on my WoW character. I guarantee you that in June, it's going to be Diablo 4. I also guarantee you that I'm already cooking up a uh, a special intro for the inevitable uh, Diablo lore watch episode that we're going to do at the release of Diablo four, because oh, that's yeah, a thing absolutely. that's going to happen. And I've already absolutely. got something planned. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it may or may okay, not involve uh, 12 strings. Is there anything else, uh, Liz, you had mentioned, I, I, I read that you used the email you sent and I want to make sure I look it up. Do, 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 do petting the dog. We, we talked, we did talk about petting the dog briefly i don't know if we actually mentioned it last week uh but i mean you, you can also pet dogs in diablo 4 uh there and when you come upon a, a, a pupper anywhere in the world you can sit down and scratch its head and be like i am very sorry you live in this hell world but thank you for making this hell world better for us um other than that I'm trying to think i don't i can't think of anything else is there anything else it's it's a really kind of slow week um I think we're just used to it being a really fast past couple of months. Yeah, because the yeah, last couple of months have been jam-packed. Yeah, and this week it's like there's not a lot going on, and maybe next week it'll peak, it'll perk up again. Uh, the Darkmoon Fair is coming again this weekend, so if anyone is interested in that, by the time you listen to this podcast, probably, probably, unless you're waiting a really long time, it'll be Darkmoon Fair time. And you can go pick up some yummy profession knowledge. I was, yeah, I was just going to say, remember, if you are trying to get your professions leveled yes, and you, yes. you haven't been able to do any crafting stuff because nobody ever wants the things you can make, uh, you can get some profession skills at the Dark Moon Fair. So definitely check that out. Man, I have – someday we'll, we'll just stop and talk about the crafting system in, in, in Dragonflight because I like a lot of it, but I also find some of it to be really, really hard to do. Like I have yeah, yet to find – I think an order I could fill like by the time they're like they're put up and they're gone immediately. There's, there's some people I guess just sit there and and get them. And 
And also, the thing is that the only thing people seem to want are really rare things that I do not have. I mean, there's not really, like, there's not a market for, like, commodities in yeah. in uh, the trading post. Yeah, that's that's also true. I would love to be able to, to sit down and say, hey, guys, uh, someone make me a bunch of, not flasks, what are they called now? Uh, no, files. Files? Files. files. Yeah. Like, um, there's one file that I make, I make a lot of use of, and I have not been able to, to get them regularly, and it's been bugging me. The uh, Elemental it's, Chaos one? Yeah. It's just and not it's like, easy to get. You can't put in work orders for files. No. And you that's like... It, which is weird. I, I think part of that is because it doesn't require any of the really, like, top-end yeah, yeah, materials maybe. to make. And I guess they want people to have to spend really expensive amounts of materials to get things. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. So that there's that's something I would like to talk about in the future when we have more time to just sit down and talk about it. But for right now, um, I think we're going to move on to doing some of these emails. We've got only two this week. Uh, but that's, you know... We're going to make the best use of them. Uh, yeah, if you've got a question for the show, uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast at blizzardwatch if you like to email things. Because, you know, we do like to get emails. It makes us feel like warm inside. And, and I'm dead inside, so a little warmth is actually really nice. Uh, but if you can't, or you just don't like emailing, um, I know people who just straight up get nervous in the email, like myself. Uh, so you can also hit us up on Discord. Uh, we've got two channels. One is for our patrons. Uh, it's the Patron Q and Podcast Questions channel. And it exists because for a long time we would say, hey, and if you're a patron, you get first crack at the podcast, but then we didn't have any way to do it. And then someone thought of a Discord server and someone thought of a Discord channel. And that was a great decision, whoever that was, uh, because now we can just look there. Uh, and this way, if you're a patron, this is the little th extra thing you get for being our patron. One of the things you get is you get to ask us questions that we check first there and, and then answer them. But if you can't be a patron, because there's lots of reasons why you might not be able to, but you still want to support us, that's great. Please continue to do that. Uh, one way to do that is to use the Q and podcast questions channel that's just theirs, non-patrons. It's for everybody. And we do look there, too. Um, I think one of the questions we have here is actually from that. But regardless, uh, this is the point where we now move on to the questions. And <laughs> we've done a lot of different ways of doing this in the past. But the way we're going to do it this week is I'm going to read both questions <laughs> because I'm having a good eye day. And that way, these guys can answer, and then I can come in after. So first one is from... Delos, uh, who pronounces it Delos, according to his phonetics guide that I should have looked at more carefully. I thought it was Delos. My apologies. Delos uh, of the Shattered Sun, Destruction Warlock on Blade's Edge. And he's asking this question. Creative mood, pie in the sky thinking time. You get to repurpose one or more specs in WoW to do something other than its current function. For example, Rossi is frequently making jokes about a healing spec for warriors. I think it's Fury. Uh, it's not. Where they shout everything, everything back into health. Uh, similarly, I've been musing over thoughts of breathing some life back into Affliction Warlocks by making that into a healing spec. Uh, just a couple options. So, which specs, what new roles would you give it slash them? And please, flesh out the idea a bit more with a bit of a description of some potential mechanics. It's all theoretical, so make it as creative as you want to, while still being something that could actually be feasible, please. Uh, yours, Delos, uh, the things I told you he is already. So, guys, <laughs> um, either one of you want to take this first? I mean, I've got one, but Liz, if you've got one, go ahead. I think, I think Hunter's. Give them like give them a healing toolkit like Anna has an Overwatch where she like shoots healing darts at people, you know. I don't want to do it to have that much like, power. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, just make it where they have it's kind of a mechanical sort of sort of thing. So you're firing like healing darts. You have maybe like grenades that you throw that that toss out healing clouds. Which is not, I mean, mist weavers have that whole like soothing, have like a mist thing going on. So it would be like that. You would like throw your healing grenade and it would make one of those, you know, healing circles on the ground that we're Liz, all told to stand in and no one stands in. Liz, I got an idea here based on what you just said. Okay, go. Healing trap. <laughs> that would, I like this idea because it has it has this concept that, you know, the player who will not stand still and keep in my healing range, you could just, like, put them in a cage and cast a heal on them and keep them safe for just a second. Yeah, like, and literally, they, like, an ice trap around them. them. Like, like, an ice trap around them, like the like the mm -hmm. mage one, and the ice block. Yeah. It'd be like I put an ice block around you oh, and heal yeah. you. yeah. 
And, and while I you're in the ice idea. block, while you're in the ice block, you are immune to damage and you get healed back up, but you can't move. And if you hmm. if you break out of it, like you can get out of it because we don't want to like trap players, but you can get out of it. But if you get out of it, the healing goes away. So do you want to stand there and be immune and get healed? Or do you want to move around and shoot things or do whatever you're going to do depending on your class? That would be interesting to me. So, yeah, I think this like, is a really cool idea. I've I've noticed one thing uh, since our raid leader has started occasionally off-specking as a healer. He is always yelling about people to stay in range of the healer, which is not something I've heard from him previously. And it's like, yes, yes, now you understand. No one will stand still. No one gets into the healing circle. And it's just, it's crazy making. Every every healer out there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but, you know, yeah, have a hunter healing spec. And it's like, you know, you know, give them a really long range because they're, you know, they're hunters. They specialize in shooting things from a distance. And uh, yes, that's my idea. Joe? I want a ranged tanking class. Now, in Star Wars, the, uh, the Old Republic, when we you started, or I think it was the Old Republic, not the Old Republic, the MMO. Yeah, the, yeah. the Old Republic. It is the yeah, Old yeah. Republic. There, there have been two MMOs. Yeah, yes. it's not Star Wars Galaxy. Star Wars Galaxy is a whole other thing, and I don't, we don't have time for me to get into anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that game. Uh, but you had two ranged classes. You had mercenaries, or two ranged tanking classes. You had mercenaries and you had troopers. And it was such an interesting toolkit. And it was something that you would hold aggro through DP. Like there was a DPS component to it, but rooting, controlling, and manipulating the thing that you're tanking at range and using that range and that toolkit to not only stay alive, but position the, the mob. And you're, people are going to say this is a, a no brainer for me personally, but I honestly wouldn't mind if elemental became that for shaman. Not enhancement. I say keep enhancement as a DPS melee spec, but make the toolkit with all of the lightning and all of the frost and everything else that you have available to you and all of the elemental chaos into rooting and slowing and controlling the enemy while maintaining aggro. Oh, you're looking at the healer. Here's a fireball to the face. No, you got to look at me. I'm your threat. Like, you know, like. <laughs> I'm going to keep you chained to the ground with like lightning lashes until I need you to move somewhere else. And then I'm going to use a giant gust of wind to move you there. Like it would be a really, to me, a cool and engaging sort of gameplay. It was like, we talk about evokers and you brought them up and it's like the, the evokers have that mid ranged gameplay, which we haven't seen before. Right. And so you're, you're talking about mid range shields, mid ranged uh, DPS, that's cool. They're exploring design space like that. I really want to see them explore more things at range other than just DPS. Like we had weird tanking specs with like warlocks and stuff like that in the past. Let's make an actual one. And I think it wouldn't break the bank, so to speak. I think it wouldn't. Br I know a lot of people who love elemental and I'm sorry, my fellow shaman. I really am. I know that you love elemental. But, like, I think it would be cool. I think it would be an interesting prospect to add a new flavor to, because I'll be honest, like, as much as I like Elemental, I kind of find it repetitive and a little bit boring when I'm doing the same three buttons over and over and over again and just hitting whatever flashes. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it's not for me. So give me something that's a little more engaging. Make me a tank at range and let me do, use my elements to do so. And I'm in. So. All right, that was my go. Matt? Uh, the problem I have is there's a lot of ideas in this that I, I feel like I would I could spend like an entire day talking about. Um, the two <laughs> that I'm going to talk about are my ranged melee class idea, which is one that I've, I've been having off and on for a long time. And I don't... Uh, it could be it could, it could be an entirely new spec or it could be repurposed from another spec. Uh, one example I'm going to use is the Retribution Paladin idea I had, where Retribution goes from being... Retribution right now has certain attacks that are at range. Uh, they're not far range, but but you could like you could be like 20 feet away from a guy and zap him uh, with a couple Co of different abilities. A couple of attacks. A couple yeah, of things, yeah. A couple. And imagine if they were like talent choices and stuff where you could deliberately amp that up and essentially become a ranged caster 
wearing plate armor, and instead of a wand, they're using a giant freaking hammer to do it. Uh, and you give them like a ranged ability to hit the ground and do damage in a line away from them. Like, like basically lightning bolt from Dungeons and Dragons, where you just hit the ground and the hammer shoots this thing out and hits everything in a line. Um, and it, it, it let's say 60 foot or whatever, uh, whatever it is. And I think is it feet or yards in D and D and wow. I can't remember. <laughs> However, whatever it's it all is, in, it's all in yards. Yeah. So whatever it is, 60 yards, boom, you get this big laser, this big like ground laser shoots out and really it doesn't have to replace retribution. Like retribution doesn't have to become an entirely ranged spec, but if they had the option to, to go in that route, I realize that's hard to balance, but it, it'd be cool, in my opinion, to to give Paladin something like that where they're it's it's like I can focus on my my melee might, but I can also focus on this holy light thing I'm using and just start hitting you with it. You know, it's smiting things at range, shooting stuff out at people, and and that could really be cool. Um, or you could have like a rogue who who shoots people, like and doesn't have to like in if you've played Dungeons and Dragons, bow rogues are nasty. Yep. An archery rogue can be like just death on legs mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they just, you know, they shoot you with an arrow. You didn't see them do it because they were hiding. Now they get their sneak attack. Who did they critical? Oh, well, you know what I mean? Like you could, you could absolutely take the rogue and wow, uh, play up a ranged mechanic with them and use it with their combo points. And as they build up combo points on a thing while they're shooting it with arrows, they could totally just, start unleashing havoc and it would be really cool and it would work really well that's that's one idea i keep having in my head i i very deliberately didn't talk about warriors in that role because uh quite frankly i feel like everybody knows the basics of me and warriors so <laughs> no one needs to hear that but to go back to the thing he mentioned the, the the jokes about the healing spec um i never considered that as replacing a spec i always thought they would just add a new spec to warriors if i were going to replace a spec for warriors um, I feel like if you wanted a healing spec for warriors, again, I think this kind of is like with druids where they used to have guardian and guardian, they used to be have just feral and feral could be, I turn into a cat and savage you, or I turn into a bear and savage you, but in a way that makes you focus on me. Um, I feel like you could take prot and make it, I protect you by tanking or I protect you by literally fixing your problem. <laughs> like I heal you. Now you're not hurt anymore. Like, and you could basically do a battlefield mech where they still have a shield and they still kind of like, you know, a lot of their stuff could be interposing themselves to take the hit instead of you. Uh, that's already something warriors have with intervene, but you could like have talents that made it more like imagine if intervene didn't just move the warrior over to where you are and make you take that, have them take your next hit that moves you to where they were. It's literally castling from chess. Like I, hmm. The warrior picks somebody, zoomp. Now that person's back where they were, and the warrior's over there with, you know, it's they've switched roles. And now the warrior takes the hit. They can probably they put a shield up that they can absorb a lot of the damage and maybe heal you for the damage that they would take. And that would just that would just be one move. You'd also have the various straight up like you know um, what I used to call the the drill sergeant, where you would just yell at somebody until they weren't dead anymore. Like a, it'd be like a battle res, but they'd literally just be going, "Get up, you gold breaking bleep!" Uh, didn't I say you? I didn't say you could die, did I? Get up! <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh, I'm I'm resed. Okay, that was the rudest battle res I've ever gotten, but thanks." <laughs> um, and you could just yell at people. Did pain don't hurt? If you are you bleeding, you ain't got time to bleed. You know, just basically all these moves would be based on action movies from the eighties and nineties. Like any line you ever heard in Predator, that would be a new warrior spell. Like so, <laughs> that I think that could work, and I don't think it needs to replace tanking, but I think it would be really cool if you know, as and you could even possibly have it where every arm spec has the healing options. Put it into the class kit because that's the thing you forget. Don't forget. We now have class talents that any spec can have. So like you could like I didn't they just put like something from the paladin stuff. Every paladin had it in their class in their their specialization tree, but now the, every paladin's just going to have it in the class tree. Yeah, divine toll. They moved it yeah. from spec trees to the core class tree. You could put some of the stuff in the class tree for whatever class you're talking about, and then you could have like any rogue could be a ranged rogue if they took that ability and, and went from there, and that's in the class thing. Uh, 
I think that that's something we should consider if we're talking about making specs more flexible because it doesn't have to be a spec. It can be, does your class, you know, do you want to have this in your class? Do you want to have your warlock suddenly be more tanky? Do you want to have your elemental shaman be able to control the battlefield and, and use that kind of approach to make them tanky? Do you want to have hunters who can take the stuff like mend pet and turn it into mend ally? And now they've got that and they've got, you know, healing trap and they've got all this stuff where they can heal, but it's still the, the hunter aesthetic of long range healing. Maybe even introduce a healing dead zone. Like they'd be the healer that when people get too close to them, now they have a problem. Everybody else is like, no, no, stay in the area. And hunters are like, go ahead, get away from me. I can't heal you over here. So that's something I think when I'm thinking about this idea that Delos has suggested, that's the thing I think about is that it would be interesting if you made it more class identity stuff. And that way you could have it in whatever spec. But that's just me. That's Those are the two I'm going to talk about. Uh, anything else before we move on, guys? No, I think we're good. Liz? I mean... This is a topic we could talk about all day, but yeah. yeah, I think we've hit some interesting ones. Alrighty. Next question is from Joe's friend, Corn. Hello, my Hivernal friend. Uh, so cold it is, and I have a question for you. Why doesn't Blizzard seem to have any real plan to get their properties into the tabletop space the way they did 20 or so years ago? When D&D 3E came out, one of the first releases was a Diablo conversion, but I only know that because your site covered it. What's the deal? Why no Overwatch RPG? Why no Diablo 4 Mega Adventure for D&D or some other game? Warhammer is pretty established as a tabletop tactical minis game, but it has a lot of other tie-ins. Why is Blizzard so far behind on this front? Uh, anyway, Skulls for the Blood Throne, Blood for the Throne of Skulls. Just bring heads and goo and we'll figure something out. I imagine <laughs> a kicky little nook where we have skulls everywhere, just dripping blood in a festive way. Corn. Uh, it's almost the time for the Blood and Skull Festival. Almost. We got a, we got about a couple <laughs> weeks to go before that one. Uh, but what do you think, uh, either of you? So, uh, I mean, I'll let Liz go first, I think. I mean, it. one thing I think is that it's such, like, they're the same. These are very similar genres in that they're both in kind of this fantasy space. But they're also, you know, it's a very different skill set to write like a D&D &D adventure to make a tabletop game than it is to, you know, make a video game that's super fun. It's a different set of skills. And we have seen them partner with different companies to do different things. But I think it's it's just difficult if you're going to partner with someone and say, OK, we want you to do this with our property. And you got to make sure you find someone really good who knows what your content is like and what you want and can interpret that for this new audience. And if you want to do it yourself, you've got to build out that talent in your own company. So I think it's challenging. Could they do it? Should they do it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think this in particular is a really good time for tabletop gaming of all sorts. Uh, and, uh, you know, part of it, D&D is going to be 50 years old next year. Oh, my God. And uh, also recently, you know, Wizards of the Coast made some uh, missteps. We'll call them missteps, <laughs> which have gotten, uh, a, have gotten a lot more interest in other tabletop games. So I'm seeing a lot more people talking about other games right now. This is a huge opportunity to go out there with whatever Blizzard property you want and build adventures, do minifigs and, uh, you know, just it, there are so many options out there. And right now, I think the game possibilities are kind of endless. It would be really cool if, uh, you know, they had like a Diablo 4 D&D tie-in or some other tabletop game tie-in with the release. And it's like, oh, do I want to play Diablo 4? Do I want to play this tabletop Diablo 4 adventure? Why not both? I, you don't need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I think there's so much space for it right now. And uh, one thing I've got to note, they're bringing Chris Metzen back in as a creative advisor, I believe is the title. But uh Metzen has some experience here. Metzen has uh, made his own tabletop game. He's DM'd for a long time. And, uh, you know, maybe this could wow, be something that wow he could started as a D&D campaign. <laughs> I think, yes, do all of these things, but it's yeah, it's always going to be a challenge to do these things. Joe? So there's a simple answer and a complicated answer. The simple answer is money. And it's not in, in, in you're going to think that I'm that the, 
you know, oh, there's profit there. It's a huge IP and they'll make a bunch of money. But will they? The average cost of a book is about 50 to 60 bucks uh, for a hardcover role playing book right now. And that's across multiple per- like publishers. And that's sort of like the agreed upon area. Um, but profit margins on tabletop RPGs are so razor thin most of the time that unless you are like Hasbro or Paizo or like another large name, it is very, very difficult to do that. And you could say, well, yes, but Activision Blizzard has that kind of money. They do, but also they'd be feeding into what is potentially a direct competitor with them as well. Right. Um, and the odd thing is Activision has published D&D video games before, right? Recently, too. Like, not not too very long ago. Um, but going the other way tends to be a little harder of a sell, especially when uh, the money is involved because you have to pony up a lot of money for it. The other thing is, at the time 20 years ago, and this is going to sound like a weird thing to say, WoW had reached a certain point of market saturation that was unparalleled and not heard of in a video game crossing into mainstream period. Um, And I'm generalizing 20 years ago, the exact number is going to be a little bit different. Uh, But like you had the commercials, you had action figures done by Todd McFarlane, you had comic books, manga, uh, you had uh, all sorts of other novelizations that were starting to just come out. Uh, You had, you know, the video game, obviously, you had Jinx merchandising at the time. Remember Jinx? Remember remember all the stuff oh, they yeah. made? Uh, stuffed yeah. animals, all these other things that were starting to come up. There's WoW board games. Do you remember Do you remember the WoW board game? A lot of people don't. I still have that monstrosity. It's massive. I mean, they've done they've done several board game yeah. clients just with different companies. Wasn't wasn't there a World of Warcraft Monopoly? Didn't we have that? There's a World Did of Warcraft Monopoly. No, there's a World of Warcraft Monopoly. I have it. There's a World of Warcraft Trivial Pursuit. I have it. There's a World of Warcraft Small <laughs> uh, Small World, uh, which mm-hmm. I have it. Like a, th- the thing is, like they're already oversaturated in the market, so they have to sort of choose their moment. And Liz's points are all uh, are all very clearly on point as well, because like. You have to either farm it out, which means you have to let somebody else manage your IP, which they're they're not afraid to do. They've done it with the board games and everything else. Um, or you have to have that team internally that is willing to do it, right? And do you put the money into that or do you put the money into the thing that Microsoft expects you to put the money into because they're trying to buy your company, mm. right? Like Microsoft's not buying them just for the strength of their IP, and this might come later, but they're buying them because they have WoW and Overwatch, and those are video games that are massive, like, they're industry giant games, right? Would it be cool if we had Overwatch as a tabletop RPG or a tactical miniature game in the vein of, like, Necromunda uh, or Kill Team or something like that? Absolutely. It would be a wild, wild game. There was talk a while ago about uh, the whole... <laughs> World of Warcraft being a, tacti- a tactical miniature uh, game, tabletop game, uh, but it was deemed too close to uh, other stuff. And there's a whole complicated history between them and GW and, and everything else as well, which we could spend an entire hour talking about. And we might at some point. Um, it's it's not off the table, but it's not the priority in terms of what the company is trying to do. And also not the priority in where essentially the money lies. The margin on a board game produced at a massive scale is a lot better than a book that might sit on the shelf for six months. So that's that's my theory, at least, or, you know, from what I've gleaned from my time inside of that particular aspect of the industry. Matt, what do you think? Or or Liz, you were going to say something. I mean, it's also, you know, something you might think of doing as promotional content. We did see... Uh, Critical Role ran a mm-hmm. Diablo-themed game, game uh, one-shot, I believe, which was uh, really impressive. And, I mean, you could do little things like that to kind of kind of bring in fans, get in attention from uh, people who may not be paying complete attention to this, throw out some adventures, some little, uh, some things like that. I mean, Matt's, Matt's made games that are basically wow and... Diablo and uh, Mass Effect and, and stuff like that, where he's worked his butt off to make those work. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I have worked my butt off. Don't tell them I tend to pull stuff in it. We always do. <laughs> That's the GM secret. You're not supposed to say it out loud, Matt. You know, anyway, but to 
to throw in my three cents before we get going because it is a little over time already. Um, I actually own both the original Warcraft D20 stuff that they put out and the World of Warcraft role-playing game that they put out when World of Warcraft came out. And I own the EverQuest D20 conversion, which is a big, full-color book. Uh, both of these were produced um, with the third edition SRD. It's literally just Dungeons and Dragons, but instead it's Warcraft and or EverQuest. Huge books, really well done. Uh, the EverQuest one, as I mentioned, is full color throughout. It's gorgeous. The World, War- the World of Warcraft one has multiple pieces of art from the game. And uh, uh, little pieces of lore that became canon later on, such mm-hmm, as Queen Azara's form. Yep. But for all of that, it would be fair to say that they had next to no impact Mm-hmm. on their game on the their parent company's bottom line mm-hmm. uh they generated practically no money uh not be, because and this is a thing that that is i'm not saying this to be down on the ttrpg community or the hobby but it is a rich man's hobby mm-hmm. and i say rich man's very deliberately because only recently have women and people of color and you know various people on the LGBTQ spectrum been able to get into it, mm-hmm. and we still see pushback on stuff like someone made a wheelchair for, for so they could have a character in a wheelchair. So like a little diversity pop, people went nuts attacking her. Um, the, the hobby is difficult, and it is not a tremendously profitable one. When Joe says the margins are razor thin, he is being charitable. Um, and it's Strata Miniatures, by the way, which I will call out because their sculpts are absolutely amazing. And if you are a, uh, a disabled gamer and want representation, they have an entire line for every single class that exists. Yeah, and it's when when looking at this field, yes, it's gotten bigger because of stuff like Critical Role and other streaming things. That's absolutely true. But it's not a billion-dollar industry. Even though they want it to be. They want it to be. Uh, but I'm not even just talking Dungeons & Dragons. I'm talking the entire Mm-hmm. Tabletop role-playing game industry, and I'm talking companies in Europe, I'm talking companies in Asia and the Pacific, I'm talking companies in North America, South America, still not a billion dollars. So whilst, I mean, I love the idea, I loved the the, the Diablo mo- module that, that Wizards put out back when D&D 3 was just coming out, Diablery and To Hell and Back, they're beautiful. They're, they're and they're still usable. Like I, I could pick through them for stuff from time to time, but they did not affect whether or not people were playing Diablo two because that's the game that was out, and Diablo two did not even notice that they existed. It did not affect. <laughs> nobody said I never heard of this Diablo game, but now that I've played this D and D module for several weeks, I'm going to buy it. Nope. So yeah, I think uh, I think many- last year they're talking like it was like. 200 300 million dollars from like wizards like from just the D stuff but like everything else combined matt's right it's overall it's not a billion dollar industry yeah if you put everybody in so companies like activision uh aren't, aren't going to be like thinking wow this is a great tool that we should spend money on when you can basically just go to matt mercer or whoever and say hey would you run a diablo one shot adventure and Critical Role makes money off that because they're the ones doing it. And Activision gets publicity, which they want. And they didn't have to invest like any of the people who work at Activision to do any of this. No, they, they paid maybe their sponsorship stuff and that's it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It is not just costly in terms of money. It's costly in terms of time oh, yeah. and effort. And time and effort cost money. I mean, Matt and I were talking mm-hmm. about this the other day, like us alone making our own games, like... I think I've been working on my own game for 15 years. Yeah, because you don't have other people to do it. And exactly. Just, yeah, it's it. So, is it something I wish they would do? Yes, absolutely. I would love to see an Overwatch game that was a full tabletop game that allowed you to make a different character and allowed you to actually have the stuff that you get in a role playing game. But I I am fully cognizant of the various stumbling blocks to this happening. Uh, and the, the, going back to that. War, World of Warcraft game I was mentioned Joe pointed out that there was lore from it that ended up being in the game but there was also a lot of stuff in it that the Blizzard was like later just walked away from yep and that's because they didn't really they, they had control over it but they didn't necessarily know where the, the, the role playing game was going to go and what if they wanted to go there later 
and now suddenly they have to deal with, but in the role-playing game, you know, that's why I believe it was Metz at the time even came out and said, look, this is, we know that this exists and, and we love it, but don't, don't expect us to completely follow this. This is, consider this a fun thing you can have. It's not going to control the, the products we make. And that's always going to be the case. So, but that's, I think that's enough from on that for me and you guys have answered. So I guess, Joe, at this point, it's time for you to do the thing. I will do the thing. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. Also, thanks to both Joe and Liz for being here, as always, because it keeps the show on a nice, even keel, and I can stop yammering, uh, <laughs> which, you know, sometimes I can't. But if you've got a question for the show, guys, remember, you can either use our Discord. We've got two channels set up. There's the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel for our patrons and the Q and Podcast Question channel for our non-patrons, both of whom are, you know, lovely people. Go ahead and ask us questions there. Uh, or you can send it to podcast at as an email, and we will, you know, snap right up on that. We love getting emails for the show. Just be sure to tell us it's for this show because I one of our seven other podcasts – might you know come out if they like oh am i am i is it is it time for groundhog watch um which, by the way i mean we can just, we can just kind of put them all in a trench coat and just use them all at one right yeah yes it's it's vague and vaguely uh, intellectually rewarding educational pot watch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> how does dinosaurs how does ross gonna work dinosaurs into this podcast but uh yes you can do that and you can ask us there as well uh and and either of you guys, any final thoughts before we, t- we take off? I do, actually. I just want to say thank you to all of our, our supporters out there and listeners. Uh, and if, as Matt said, if you can't support us on Patreon, something that you can do that does help us a lot is actually sharing our content with your friends or people that may enjoy what we produce. It sounds cheesy, but the metrics speak for themselves. Uh, the more people you share with, the better we are, and maybe the more likely they are to throw a couple bucks our way as well. So... Mm-hmm. Please yeah. continue to do so. We really appreciate it. Liz? 100%. If you like what we do, uh, share it. Put it on your favorite social media network. Send a link to your friends. It really does help. Feel free to like take clips out of context from various podcasts we've doing. Just put them on Instagram. <laughs> That's great. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, what's the oh, worst thing happen? He says before he, yeah, oh, before he is destroyed <laughs> by his own hubris. Anyway, thank you guys so much for being here with us. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we will see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.